Hi guys, and welcome back to the podcast. And in today's episode, we're answering a listener's question. How do you get more consistent at golf as a high handicapper? And for help, we've brought in head professional Mace Bernard Quigley. And he just happens to be the man that helped me drop 12 shots in one season. He knows a thing or two, and he's given a few lessons in his time. So let's jump in. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Phil. Hello, Bernard. Philip, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks nice for having me on. Have you? Great to be here. Yeah, we brought you on for a purpose as well. Um, we Well, Ryan actually got a question from a listener. Yeah. And from, I thought you were the perfect candidate for it. If we're a man, let's give maybe a couple of thousand lessons in his time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's actually from my dad's mate, Harry Black. Hello, Harry. He wants to know how a high handicapper can get more consistent. Consistent, yeah, yeah, that magic word. <laughs> I hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, but in fairness, right? After playing with you guys, right, there is a level of consistency in your games. There just is. Um, so how how do you actually get there? Well, like to begin with, it comes with preparation, I suppose, and routine is one of the main ones. And you know, there's there's plenty of ways that I suppose. If you think about it from maybe from the tee to the green and kind of explain it that way, where even looking at where you tee the ball up on the first tee, where's the out of bounds? Where's the trouble? Generally, what I like to see is... Are you thinking about the trouble, though? Are you thinking where you want the ball? I'm always thinking of where I want the ball to finish. Yeah. Is you that know? a more better you, mindset you, to be you, in? You kind of acknowledge the trouble and then go, right, where's the opposite side of that? So it's just say on we say the first hole in nace for instance i don't want to hit the ball out of bounds right so i'm actually going to tee up on the right hand side so i'm looking more to the left Mm. so even just small things like that i mean a higher handicap maybe doesn't have that much time to practice maybe doesn't have play more than once a week so what can you do to make them more consistent without really changing their swings and stuff like that so that's one element you but can the, look yeah, at. Yeah, the ultimate inconsistency is really go get lessons, go actually play, get lessons from a pro, and you will generally get more consistent. Well, yeah, you have to practice that as well, you yeah, know. Yeah, but so. well, practicing properly is kind of key, isn't it? Yeah. Because you've, the reason, like, um, like, I may have dropped a lot of shots this year, but you have seen that for years and years and years. And is there any common trends that you see in people when they become more consistent? How they how they play the game, how they know what their strengths and weaknesses are. So like there's lots of things you can do that without even going for lessons. Obviously, I want people to get better techniques and stuff. Yeah. But looking like a real pet kind of hate for me is the length of the driver shaft. Oh, right. Yeah. Fair enough. It's I've gone to about 45 and three quarters an inch now is almost standard, which for me is definitely an inch too long. Now, if you hit that out of the middle, it's going to go miles. But more often than not, your average player is not going to hit the center of the club face. Yeah. So there's one way you can actually improve center contact, more distance, better direction, take an inch off your driver. Yeah. Right. I yeah. actually got that. You, and you told the guy when I was getting fit for the driver to make it shorter yeah, yeah. I was, and we talked is your about new tightness before. shorter than the ping sorry is your tightness shorter than your ping yeah yeah it is what is it uh, it's about half an inch shorter yeah are you hitting it longer yeah yeah but you're, you're hitting a little more often yeah, yeah. you can Easy. see the T marks yeah can't you the, the, T, the T marks are right in the centre yeah because mm-hmm. I'm hitting it out of the centre like mm-hmm. you know so like the, the way I'm thinking of it like how do you get better at golf is well what can you control yourself first of mm. all right some people may not have time to go for lessons, may not have time to practice, may not want to change their swing around. But the things you can do, so there's one, look at the length of the driver, look mm-hmm. at the loft that's on the driver. Where is your tendency of hitting it? Are you off the heel, off the toe? You can lose a lot of distance hitting it off the heel, it can spin up too much. Mm-hmm. The heel is generally traveling five miles an hour slower than the center of the club face as well. So trying to get that center of contact. Yeah. yeah. Where the toe might be traveling um, 10 miles an hour faster than the heel. That's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all kind of track man info. Um, so driving the ball. Now, this is controversial. Okay, go, right. go, go. We like that here. Statistically speaking, 
or kind of going back to we say old school stuff drive for show and put, put for, for dough, dough. yeah it's kind of drive for dough and put for more dough the people statistically speaking who are the lowest handicaps drive the ball the best see this is something I've been telling you yeah but it is true like, yeah we know that and that's why yeah we see the guys and they're pumping it on tour and yeah. like even the good players in the club like they're they're down miles like, you know so if you go to the driving range and you get 50 balls 25 of them should be definitely to 30 driver. Yeah. driver yeah yeah. and even getting some face tape you know that kind of um, spray, the spray. spray yeah. that's becoming so popular you see it online all the time yeah that's actually. cheap enough you can get yeah. it in chemists and stuff the foot, foot yeah. spray and just seeing where that ball is impacting and even trying to see if you can up your skill level and intentionally hit the four quadrants of the face you yeah, can say yeah yeah so that, that's that's massive for distance. Like it, it could be, you know, twenty yards and stuff mm. for some players. Launch conditions as well, and that's why I think like getting to like a trackman range or something like that. If you only have an hour to practice or a range like that, I think it can be beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're lucky and nice. We have lovely range across the road and stuff. Yeah. But you can kind of create your own trackman stuff. I've done some videos in the past where you have maybe. You set out almost a crossbar in front of you, yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. launch the ball under it. Generally, most people would would hit the drivers with, with too much spin and kind of. That's dirt. that's the next point I wanted to come on to. You're a big advocate of dynamic oh, loft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my 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 go to thing. Yeah, but it's, loft, it's yeah. so true. That's when I came to you. That was my major problem. Mm. You know, and I've been working on that consistently for nearly two years, you know, and it, it still could always be better. Like, especially when I go on track, man, with, with you guys, like, but like, tell what, what is dynamic loft and how can you simply improve it? Oh, good question. So it's, it's something that's measured on Trackman. Yeah. It's the loft you present back at impact. Yeah. So for instance, a seven iron might have 32 degrees of loft on it. Nowadays. Nowadays. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what you want to bring back at impact is ideally about 23. So that launch at the right amount of spin, launch mm. angle, uh, height, and be most efficient. Mm. What I see, we say the average player might be up at 29 and 30 degrees. Mm. So that ball pops up too high, too yeah. much backspin, and the wind and really knocks yeah, it around. Yes, the weak flies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is where I see a lot of guys that they might come in and they might be swinging the driver 90 miles an hour and they go, this old boy that I play with every week is hitting it past me and I know he's only swinging at like 75 yeah, yeah. this is because you're turning your driver or your 7 iron way up in loft I see a lot of people who say you have a 10 degree loft to driver mm-hmm. this is where it's interesting the dynamic loft is different with the driver you want to actually increase it a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. so if you're 10 degree driver you want it to be maybe 14 or so at impact and that's where I've been really struggling on at the moment because I was at Top Tracer the other day mm. and uh I was at Top Tracer and I was getting like 155, 158 ball speed, but yet they were only carrying like 240. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm not launching, I'm not launching it correctly. Like, you know. So if, if you get that dynamic loft down, it'll compress the ball more. Yeah. And it'll launch a bit lower, a lot more ball speed. And this is where, where something, just to go a little bit off topic, but you know, there, you're talking about PGA Tour hitting the ball too long and stuff like that Ian Poulter actually came up with a good idea to make sure the standard driver was 10 and a half degrees so that'll make the ball go longer or sorry higher more spinny Mm -hmm. but the modern day player is more like uh, kind of 8 degrees and so so compresses the ball more yeah but that, when, you're, for, when, you're, when you're fitting people for stuff like that you're obviously working on their spin rates and mm. all that sort of stuff so the degree of the driver depends on their impact yeah uh, depends like when you're custom fitting you're, you're fitting for how the person naturally swings you're trying not to uh change their swing around during a fit and sometimes you have to do it yeah because yeah. i don't want someone walking out with some, something that's not 100 percent fit yeah. perfectly for them and not finding a gain so you know you're looking at so many elements and what i'm finding is it got very popular a few years ago oh sorry the last 10 years low low spin it's almost getting too low spin so yeah what happens the ball can struggle to stay online more struggle for forgiveness so spin is starting to creep up a little bit again we're yeah. seeing that maybe i noticed it personally testing the new stealth too that it is spinning a little bit more than it had spin so equals control though. it's control it's more forgiveness but too much spin too much spin you're looking over three thousand revs or so it can, it can really lose massive yardage what's the optimum sort of spin for a high handicapper then it's the same for a scratch player 
That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, welcome. A scratch player. Like what I'm looking for is about 2,000, 2,200 revs of I spin. always was, would have thought 2.5. 2.5 two, two, two is what Trackman recommends. Yeah. But I think even between between 2.5 to 3,000 is what you're looking for. Across the board? Uh, for a higher handicap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. I see PGA Tour players are starting to veer towards... 3,000 revs of spin really so they're, they're able to carry the ball so far and so much stronger yeah. that they kind of want the ball just to hit the fairway and stop the speed and the and technique the, the conditions on the course as well yeah. they're not playing on a lot of wind they don't want they're to not, turn out too much to go to that long run yeah, exactly. yeah. two weeks of links a year basically yeah and what Rory said yeah about the open back in the day and that, like that's why you won it in Royal yeah. Liverpool because there's no wind and why he did well in Port exactly um, yeah dangerous this year and okay so you're saying if I get this correct work on driver make sure you're hitting it well straight keeping in play because that's the first kind of thing hitting it out of the centre yeah avoid the heel at all costs especially if <laughs> yeah, you're sliced through the golf ball that's an interesting one yeah but it, let's say I'm a high handicapper and I do want to lower my handicap but I'm pushed for time I've only an hour a week to practice where would you have me practice chipping yeah Definitely, okay. I love that. Um, your average golfer is only hitting three or four greens around. Yeah, three sort of eighteen handicaps, three four greens. So chipping, and yeah. I think if you're a good chipper, it kind of translates back to hitting better irons as well. Like, like anything from fifty yards. Mm. A lot of people struggle with that shot. Yeah, yeah, that they use the arms too much. They're not rotating the, yeah. the trunk through it. And I think if you can, you know, get that good confidence of. of good ball contact for chipping and pitching it'll translate a little bit more into the irons plus also from again we're going back to statistics lies damn lies and statistics <laughs> if you chip a ball to three feet your likeliness of holding it basically for a higher handicap is probably 90% yeah 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 obviously much higher for kind of um, PGA Tour players but if you chip it to six feet, it drops closer to 50%. Yeah, mm. people think they should hold more putts than they actually do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of down the line, but like people don't allow for as much break as they should on yeah. the greens as well. Yeah. So We talked about that the other Yesterday, day. Yeah. yeah. Always go high, Phil. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> and I do, I try to be high. Yeah, so missing on the amateur side, and we all do it. Mm. But if a higher handicap wants to put better allow more break yeah mm. uh, maybe not as much this time of year because the greens are slower but Jeff generally if you're playing on fast greens allow for if you think it's six inches on the left go 12 yeah yeah, yeah. picture like where the entry point of the, the hole is it's not always in a direct line mm-hmm. that you want the ball coming in on at the, nine o'clock or yeah. three o'clock that, that's where it's going to see yeah. most of the hole and you're talking about uh, chipping being the most important beneficial to get fitted for your wedges there's some amount of options now with wedges yeah. than ever before especially with some of the, the Vokey options with the bounces and grinds so it can you, you need definitely a few different bounces for your conditions that you play in uh, low bounce for hard pan bunkers mm-hmm. but this time of year if it's been raining a lot like 4 degree 6 degree bounce that cuts into the sand much more back in the day kind of before all these bounces and grinds the tour pros used to maybe use a pitching wedge out of the bunkers because it's much less bounce and it's able to kind of cut into it into the sand more if you have fluffy sand like in the winter or in the summer where it doesn't rain much you need a higher bounce 10 or 12 degrees so it doesn't dig in more yeah. and then these can correlate to uh, ground conditions as well yeah. generally lower bounce off uh, tight it's, it's not always the degree on your wedge that, mm. it, that the shot's about like, yeah that's you know, exactly you it, know yeah. and because uh, some people do have a tendency to jump towards the most lofted club yeah you know um and we've talked about that before. Like, I, yeah. I guess, going back, this is other, more stuff for, for um, what's his name, Ryan, to, to lower his handicap. Harry. Harry, Harry, if you're listening, yeah, try and hit the ball lower. Yeah. Generally, yeah. height is not your friend, especially with wedges. Yeah, yeah. That we yeah. want these, these lower ones with kind of skipping in there, not trying to loft the miles up in the air and like hitting full shots with your wedges is not what they're designed for. Ben Hogan said, yeah. show me the guy that hits, that makes full swing with his wedges. That's the guy I want to play for more. Yeah. 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 It's so true. It's yeah. so true. And uh, that's one thing that I learned from you after the first time I played with you. Yeah. You were, you were like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking at those str- straining my neck, looking at these lob wedges flying up in the air. And uh, as soon as I kind of got that in, I, uh, I've started to become much more proficient with my wedges. You know, and uh, yeah, like, 
and once you're controlling it, and we only had the conversation yesterday in the pro shop, I was like, I think I need new wedges. They're mm. popping up on me too much. And yeah. now I don't like to see a high fly with yeah, my wedge, yeah. you know, because I want that penetrating one. Because I think it, it's a very... Because of the way drivers have been built and everything, we've been taught high launch, low spin. But it's the complete opposite with the wedges, Absolutely, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's high spin, low launch. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. they're looking for. So you're trying to compress those wedges as much yeah, as you can. Yeah, and those little kind of flighted skiddy ones, yeah. they're the ones that have all the spin on them. All they the kind control, of, yeah. And they check up. That you want these coming in at a kind of a shallow, spinny angle, rather than these things dropping like a dead hamster onto the green, you know? But that's something like a technique maybe we're talking about there for a lower handicapper. Like something during the winter that a high handicapper can do that struggles off wet turf. Would you maybe give them, like if they're not going over anything, seven iron, eight iron, even a rescue or something? Putter? Just off the green. With yeah. Rest. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I love that kind of little pop shot where you stand real close with a five yeah. or a three wood and get yeah. it kind of... I've actually seen very it. Very vertical, yeah. yeah. So like definitely seven irons, eight irons are great. Now I think everyone should learn to use their wedges definitely mm. if, if you're to invest in one yeah. lesson this year or get a, a lesson off the DGA you, you, Pro you, with you give short wedges. game clinics yeah well, like what's what's the what's the most common mistake you see on the short game generally poor setups very little rotation into the backswing it tends to be all arms okay yeah. rather than kind of r- rotating the hips and shoulders and, and chest and then one of the biggest themes i see is people tend to swing the club toward the target too much so as okay. if they're trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. I get you. reach the target with the club face instead of letting it move left and that that's true true all throughout the, the bag from yeah. driver to even put and it. if you were visually describing that's something that's nearly would that be like a chicken wing thing that you'd see yeah it kind of ends up being that way yeah Yeah. like that that club should really hit the ball and start to move to the left now unless you're extremely out to in with your uh swing path it's i think it's a good feeling especially to kind of build it up through wedge play that the club comes in from an inside position to square and then moves back around to the left so swinging toward the target is is definitely um about ball position just sort of Give everyone a brief where should ball position be sort of around the green because I think everyone tends just to go for their sand wedge or lob wedge when they miss the green so if they are doing that you sort of see them fired back in their stance which probably isn't ideal yeah it tends to get very steep and you're you're not utilising the bounce then so I like to keep it central pretty central. much and then if you can feel it like I like to push it forward yeah a lot of the time Get it. Look, this, one of the main things. What? Unique. Why? Unique, yeah. I, I think it offers more forgiveness because you're kind of using, interacting with the bounce, especially if you're on tight surfaces. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's hard to argue because you're a good chipper as well. Yeah. So but I think for, for somebody who doesn't maybe play as much as you do, that. Well, why? <laughs> the leading edge coming out of Phil. Yeah. Well, what we're, what I'm thinking of is why people tend to put the ball back in the stance is one of the main things I like to see is get your sternum left of the golf ball at impact. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. by doing that ball back in the stance, it tends to get that obviously your sternum left of the ball, but it tends to get quite steep on it. You're taking divots. So I hate seeing divots with chipping and mm. from just off the green. Mm. But if you can put the ball in the middle, keep it simple and then lean to the left. So we say your nose and sternum and your chest is left of the golf mm-hmm. ball. Feel a little bit of a turn there. The arms are moving as a result of your chest rotating. Yeah. You won't go too far That's on. the perfect scenario then, mm-hmm. isn't it? And yeah. the same sort of action off links turf it is off parkland or yeah, I, you know that that's another here. Put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you reach for your other wedge in your bag, and you start looking at lower bounce and things yeah, like yeah. that. But you you need you need to get kind of modify your technique a little bit more for that. And sometimes if you can find like a, a lie board or something to practice mm-hmm. off or a firm surface. Low point. Uh, yeah, to get that low that, point. Right. That's that's exactly what when I like. The another component because uh, I when I'm out a lot and I when I'm playing with guys who are higher handicaps in the twenties and stuff like that they'll stay they'll say stuff like um, oh I didn't keep my head down there oh yeah you know yeah. and it's kind of like uh, I don't think that's right I think what they're saying like r- realistically what's behind that I think is they're not controlling their low point. Hmm. You know, and I think, is that a thing that you see people struggling with all the time? Definitely. And it's, 
it's something people never talk about really mm. and it's a great number that track man looks at for so your low point is measured around impact so which is the bottom of your swing bottom of your swing arc yeah. Yeah. yeah um which your driver you wanted to be about four inches behind yeah um and with your irons like a seven iron you want it to be four inches after yeah. what i see with higher handicaps is tends to be the reverse so how do they work on that it can be some setup changes definitely yeah. even like can tilt to the shoulders and things like that uh, more often than not it is a kind of a swing change that if i'm a high handicap all i've got access to is the driving range and two alignment sticks how can i help with that uh God, I think I'll have to go up with a video or something for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, like, if you, like, position an alignment stick yeah. behind the golf ball um, off the mat, or maybe it's um, four inches back behind it, and start off with a few wedges, mm. can you miss that alignment stick on the way down? Yeah. And then on, to reverse it for hitting a driver, put it four inches in front of the ball, target side of it. Yeah. Don't hit the stick on the way through. You know, you never want to be obviously hitting the ground with the driver. Yeah, but it's it's great feedback, mm. you know, because if you're there with the sticks and you're not hitting it, you're actually purposely putting it forward. Yeah, <coughs> it, it kind of brings in practicing with constraints, making the game a little bit yeah. harder. So when our practice harder, so when you get on the on the golf course, it's actually not as, as tough as your practices. Yeah, because that, that was my next thing. Like well, when people do go to practice and stuff like that, practicing under pressure and all that, yeah. that's something that you got me doing like yeah and that happened it, it helps so much like we're all guilty of going to the putting green or driving range and just hitting just, shots yeah, yeah mindlessly mindlessly this is the time of the year to really start practicing and putting some um consequences on your practice uh, now it has to be enjoyable at the same time like we're, we're doing it not to punish ourselves here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But when, when you practice, we say during the summer, you're merely warming up, but getting the muscles going uh, before you get to play. Whereas these constraints, whereas you might have, right, I'll, I'll put 10 drivers down and I have to hit eight out of 10 between these two markers. Or one of my favorite ones for, for putting is you put a tee down in the middle of the green and you have to two put all the holes I did from say one that. spot yeah you know? I did say that to the guys yesterday that you gave it to me yeah well, there's yeah. loads more you can do and like you know some, sometimes you can hear the curses coming from the putting green when <laughs> yeah. some of the Ball juniors don't, don't get it you know and you have but to start again I start again exactly yeah. Yeah. so you might three put the seventh hole out of nine and you've two put at the previous ones and yeah but you said uh, something very important there about excuse me about a warm up yeah. I think that's something you're I'm really bad at really bad at we've noticed Phil sort of starting his rounds of golf on the 15 now yeah and we need to work out why the first sort of four or five holes are proven difficult probably because I'm not warmed up exactly rushing to the to the first tee with your laces open I'm I'm definitely not rushing I'm usually there an hour before yeah but you're you're, (laughs) you do a lot of chipping and putting I do yeah because driving range across the road that you do go to the driving range before you play no, you see, the driving range doesn't open. Oh, you're uh, an early bird. Yeah, but um, it doesn't open till 10 o'clock. There is a wedge area. There is, yeah. The reason that I do chip and put is um, I feel it's the area where I've picked up the most shots, mm-hmm. you know, and even though like people say, like, oh, you're good at getting up and down, I always feel I can be much better, mm. you know, much, much better. You can always improve, yeah. And I feel that that like you 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 guys are playing. I I feel like that has saved me more than not. Well, it yeah. need it because you're not warmed up and you're yeah. chipping the first four or five holes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But uh, do you know why? Do you know what's weird? I usually start with a good drive. Okay. And then it kind of goes down from that, mm-hmm. and then I come back. <laughs> you know, but um, but even if you had a net to practice into, yeah. just just to hit ten shots, yeah. I think would, yeah. would help enormously. You know, I think so. Yeah, because we talked about dynamic stretching and everything before. I think it's very important. Yeah, I, I think it's something. Preach it and don't do it. Yeah, I think it's something that I really have to get back into and um, warming up beforehand. Like if you play early in the morning round the heritage range, doesn't open to ten. Same as nice. Same as nice. Mm. You know, those first few holes in the heritage are long couple of long irons yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's why I never played the second while <laughs> yeah um, but actually uh, something that Ryan just said there so talking about Harry and yep. so your higher handicap mm-hmm. you just mentioned playing early in the morning yeah early in the morning 
tends to be cold. Yeah. What happens when it's cold? The ball doesn't go as far. Yeah. <laughs> so what I see, so many amateurs come in and like the first question, just about if, if they're a new golfer, you kind of go through a list of questions and how far to hit your seven iron is kind of one of the first ones I'd ask. And it, what's the answer that most people give? 150. 150. Subtract 20 maybe. 15 anyway, yeah. yeah. What's yeah. the average you 20. see a seven iron being here? Probably 135. Yeah. Now, I've no doubt that it, they have hit at 150 yeah. when the planets align and everything, you know. Because <laughs> yeah, when I went to you first, I was hitting at about 115. 115? Yeah, Seven iron? Yeah, that you're presenting the loft of a nine iron at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <that impact>. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think like weather conditions is something people really underestimate. Mm. Uh, like we, we played recently in maybe 120 yards in Port Marnock the other day yeah. and like you're hitting a seven iron there and just trying yeah. to keep the flight down. But it was so cold, your body's not moving properly, even a few extra layers on as well. So you physically can't actually move as fast. So it's, it's simple stuff. Yeah. Take more club. And then in general, well, from going back from what I was saying, that people overestimate how far they hit the ball. Yeah. yeah. So if Harry was to go out and play and take one to two, two extra clubs, yeah. especially this time of year, and see how that goes and swing more within himself, instead of taking ego out of it. And that, that's a mental Yeah, but I think that is a big thing, the ego, because I know growing up more in point, there's a couple of guys there we played where maybe they weren't as long as us on the par threes, but yet they were still sort of pulling the same club yeah, and they yeah, were never yeah, getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think ego is a massive thing. It's, it's, it's something you need to get rid of and park, yeah. you know, leave in the car park yeah, and get ready yeah. to go out there and yeah. just play your own game. Speaking of that, do you think if there, if you're a high handicapper and you really want to lower your handicap, do you think a system like Arcos is really beneficial? Yeah. Yeah, I love this Arcos now. Because that's giving you distances, like real distances yeah. that you're seeing on the golf course. Absolutely. It's, uh, you could take the distances it gives you with a pinch of salt yeah. a little bit, but it's definitely There's showing you your, 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 your median distances and stuff like that and the clubs you're using a lot. Uh, something I've only recently got into, maybe because of you actually, and yeah. seeing the, the results and the data it gave out. Yeah. yeah. What I was seeing with my own game was that I was missing the drive. I was really losing shots, uh, strokes gained with the driver going left off the tee. Yeah. So I actually changed a couple of settings on my driver and it's actually the miss is more to the right. Yeah. Which is a better miss in general. Um, short and, or kind of a little bit short, a little bit more spinny, but right rather than low and left. More controllable. More control, yeah. And like you can talk about like where your miss needs to be. Again, going back to Harry, like you want your miss needs to be short and right rather than long and left approaching into greens. From statistically speaking, again, again, I love these statistics today, but you never want to be chipping back over the back of a green because generally the greens run are sloped from back to front. Yeah. 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 So the best place to move it, to miss it is short and right. Um, but going back to the Arcos gives you the data to to show you where you should be actually spending your practice time. Yeah, that's what I. And you know, you, you see, like that's how you lost kind of twelve shots. Yeah, along yeah. with expert tuition. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if if the guys are in, a, like, you actually have access to my Arcos, mm. so you can. I've, I've had a good few laughs at your Arcos data. I can I'm sure actually you, sure you follow have. you around the course, and there's some questions. I definitely questionable club choosing. Yeah, uh, we need to work on your punch out game as well because you're rattling around some of the trees there, and nice a good bit. Um, but it's great to see that where you're losing shot, and even it shows how much you use your 56 degree wedge. Remember, I pulled it out of the bag the other day, and there was no grooves, and I, uh, I could see my reflection in your grip. That, that much used you know yeah. so like, again there, there's another element of, of how do you get better without changing or without changing your swing equipment equipment regrip grips club, so yeah. you're not gripping the hell out of it yeah. especially the ones you use the most your wedge your driver your putter mm-hmm. um, all these little things they might seem trivial right now but they all add up yeah they're mar- um, marginal gains marginal as well some, is something that you talk about all the time Like, but I think the biggest bit of advice that you gave to me was the first time we played uh, you brought out a picnic which is <laughs> <laughs> nutritional stuff yeah uh, they were only short to bringing out a blanket and sitting oh, down just and having something to eat like. <laughs> <laughs> but then afterwards I came off starving 
Yeah, I remember that. You were gone grey by the time of it. I was like, Phil, you are right there. I was like, so hungry. Are you not eating on the course? It (laughs) it was like you were doing it to test yourself. It was like, I'm too too tough to eat on the golf course. No, it was for penance, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that helped so much that I didn't realise because with shot tracking and stuff like that, um, I realised that I was... It was the opposite way back then. I was filtering off at the end of the round yeah. because I was losing, losing concentration mm. and energy. And that kind of switched it around. I don't remember you eating on the golf course recently. Do you eat during a round at the minute? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I even ate yesterday during a round. Oh, fruit. Good man. Yeah. Here's a question for you, right? So, yeah. what didn't percentage? Eat a bad Sorry. There you go. I knew that. And you, you were gone in the last hole, I heard. Yeah. Why, what are you telling people that? I didn't know he was looking at your heart. <laughs> course, had to pull it out of the bag, yeah. <laughs> what, what percentage of golf is mental? Oh, it's a great question. I'd say 90%. What do you mean? Like, it's quite broad. You know, it, it's some, some, it is broad, I know, but you hear that question a, question a good bit. <clears throat> like, what percentage of golf is mental? I'd say a lot of it. What's technical? Now, I, th- I think the mental side is overrated a little bit. I, was, I would say like 75%. Mental? No. Technical? Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. tend to agree. I, although it, we say the 25% mental remaining is a crucially important 25%. <laughs> but you need to, f- here's, a, here's a quote for you, you need to fuel the mental side of your game. Right? How do you do that? I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's simply, and it's not nothing fancy it's nothing crazy like, but it's and it's not people a lot, a lot of the time it's not something people want to talk about but it's just eating and drinking properly before during yeah your performance yeah so what does it do for you if you're not eating properly your decision making drops you ever hit that shot you're like why the hell did why I, did I just do that yeah like yeah. your brain wasn't fueled it wasn't uh, hydrated enough to actually give yeah. you the signals to let's back off this and think of something it's kind of like when you're in a shop and you're hungry and you just buy loads of food yeah, and you, yeah, and you yeah. get back and you're like there's way too much food like yeah. you're making silly choices because you're not in the right state of mind yeah exactly yeah and uh like you burnt a thousand calories at the range last week yeah sitting hitting yeah. balls for an hour yeah no walking yeah. No, nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're walking around the golf course for four hours carrying your bag. Yeah. It's <laughs> Maybe midsummer, 25 yeah, degrees. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think water is underestimated as well. Yeah, like you literally during the summer should be drinking a litre of water and maybe a LucasAid Sport to replace the lost um, sugars that you'd sweat yeah. out. And bag of nuts. Yeah, nuts yeah. are great on the course. Yeah, they so feel slow me. release. Yeah. Haribo. <laughs> Well, Haribo eases the pain of a few bogeys. So yeah, you need Haribo's to have a bag of those in there. Uh, but it, it is, look, it's, it's underrated. It's, it people really people is, don't like, pay attention to it. But yeah. if you ever find that you're struggling down the last stretch, you're struggling to, to finish the round, mm. you know, I need, like, that needs to be part of the routine that you take a snack after two holes and you yeah. drink. And people, yeah, people are so quick to take a drink when they're thirsty. But at that stage, it's already taking effect on you. Like, it's I think too late, yeah. you need to constantly hydrate throughout to... Uh, yeah, and like, like I said, people don't want to hear this, but it's worth actually it is, looking at. It is. It definitely is. Because that, that changed how I play golf, mm. you know, and it did help massively. I think Rory had like a blood sugar device on him there for the last few tournaments of last year. Looking really? at his glu- Yeah, looking at his glucose levels. Really, yeah. Yeah. And he was tracking. Go. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's just a nice performance. Exactly. Yeah. When, yeah. When you're top of the world and you're trying to stay on top, like these mm. things can make a difference. I'm not saying everyone, everyone go out and get a glucose yeah. like, monitor. It's like Tiger Woods. selling those in the shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger Woods always play plays with a, a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Yeah. That's yeah. what he eats on the golf course. A lot of them do, yeah. Yeah. So it's all energy based, protein based, and yeah, yeah very good. The sales of my Mars bars and Snickers will decrease dramatically <laughs> now. All you need to start selling is pre made banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closing in my job description. But again, like a. Getting back to lowering the handicap. So you're saying to be more consistent, go to the range, hit those drivers, but put yourself under pressure. Yeah. You yeah. know, make sure you're hitting 
where you want to hit. P- pick a fairway. You can't leave until you hit eight shots down that fairway. Mm. Oh. Uh, so you might be there all night. Yeah. But yeah, put a time time cap on it. Same for those putting drills as well. Yeah. Uh, know where your miss is. Are you missing the center of the face? And if you can't figure it out, which look, it's, it's tricky trick enough to contact your local PGA pro who is more than qualified, has all the equipment nowadays to help diagnose you with that. Yeah. YouTube is good in some ways but sometimes to find the right video for you is looking for a needle in a stack of needles the amount of people that come into me i'm looking at youtube and you're like oh god you know yeah. i know the rabbit hole you've gone down yeah. and you, you've 20 we're all, we're all you know, victim of it. it's like yeah. the club pro uh club pro guy uh, swing system you know that one the 747 swing system no, seven thoughts on the back swing, four at the top of the back swing, and four and seven on the downswing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, their head is just swimming in information. Mm. So the one of the biggest things is when someone comes for a lesson with me is that you're leaving with maybe a little bit of setup and one swing thought. I think setup. It's always kind of like uh, we just change setup. I think it's underestimated how important that is. Yeah, oh, definitely. Know? Yeah, if if your average golfer had the correct setup. The average handicap wouldn't be whatever it is about twenty or so. Yeah, well, maybe slightly lower now. Is it? Uh, yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah, I'm not getting into that one again. Down that other rabbit hole there. Yeah. Uh, oh God, shit. Yeah. Okay. Now I get where you're going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leave that there. Yeah. Um, but understanding, I think, uh, as you lower your handicap and you start to understand these things, you understand the effect your setup is having on ball mm. flight and stuff like that and then you can start manipulating it like how how do you kind of yeah like it, you start being aware of okay if i aim my body 10 yards right and my club face five yards right and i come back at a fairly square position the ball should draw opposite for if you're aiming to the left flight and shots uh, high and low ball position using the slopes to your advantage yeah it, it is things you pick up through experience and over time and trying to play with better players yeah definitely i know when i was growing up in burr that my dad kind of made justin kyo play with me a few times who was an irish international golfer and yeah you learn through kind of osmosis you don't even realize like yeah, that you're picking yeah. up this stuff so like you, you talked about before trying to play with lower handicaps yeah, yeah. you play with higher handicaps you're going to kind of go up to their level yeah so yeah maybe, maybe you don't want to change your regular four ball and your fiver and stuff but yeah it's worth, worth looking at it definitely is it definitely is and would you how how is the how much importance would you put on uh even for a high handicapper developing a pre-shot routine the pre-shot routine needs to be sacrosanct to a player mm. that and it doesn't matter level ability no i don't think so i think it, once it's repeatable yeah like what what, what what's the idea of a pre-shot routine to press go without hesitation go to get you in a comfort zone yeah so if you're playing for the club and you're playing pierce purcell or jimmy brune it should be the same level of importance if you're playing for senior cup team that if you're out in the course and there's a crowd watching you and all of a sudden you, you know i'll just hit it it should get it out of the way you know you're, you're not going to be optimizing your performance so yeah. the routine is to kind of get your breathing right centering yourself through correct breathing taking the right amount of practice swings right, right amount of look so you're in that comfort zone and kind of gets you, you know, in a good headspace and like so, something i try and do as well is ask myself two questions before i hit each shot First one is, am I comfortable? And that can encapsulate a few different things. Am I comfortable with the club I have? Comfortable with how am I setting up and comfortable? Is that, is that, sorry, when you're asking yourself, is that like how committed you are to hitting the shots yeah. you're about to hit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, and you're trying to you know, obviously get a yes answer to that. And when you get that first yes, you go, can I see my target? Yes. Go. Go. Yeah. That you're not hanging around, you know, yeah. thinking of, you know, letting thoughts come into your head. Like, did I shut the front door and stuff like that yeah all of a sudden I've, I have a habit like over the over the winter like we've been working on swing changes and stuff like that uh, I, I, I'm, like I'm a bit technical over the ball now mm. and I'm trying to get rid of that back, back to more target base like is yeah you, you need to go through that that element of 
thinking technically for a while, especially with the changes we're making to your swing. Yeah. Uh, and it's not pleasant, but the idea of it is you do it over the winter and come April or May, that those thoughts, those swing changes are inbuilt and you don't need to worry about them yeah. anymore. Your, your primarily thought is target, target, target. Yeah. Going for all, following your routine, getting into that comfort zone, and that should correlate to better scores you know you're yeah. talking about getting into the zone yeah the zone yeah. has nothing got to do with swing thoughts it's just purely following that kind of routine throughout the course yeah. it's hard to do and this is again going back to fueling yourself and eating well that all helps with it yeah yeah and then obviously repetition as well like the more you do it yeah and so like when if there's a high handicapper and they're going to the range once a week they have an hour to practice on the range should they be doing their routine each time yeah yeah and that's very difficult to do it really is isn't that's it? really like that's you're like, don't, don't these hundred balls are going to take you five don't hours do it for 60 golf balls you know 20 golf balls are the last 10 shots you hit do your routine yeah before you go out to the course just gets you into that kind of headspace yeah. like watching the video you put up yesterday skimming balls across the lake in nice <laughs> we sam a scratch player from nice plus went through, yeah plus yeah. sorry went through his pre-shot routine before he skimmed the ball across yeah. the lake <laughs> that's the first thing you said yeah. to me this morning i thought that was class he's going up a notch in my book after yeah. that <laughs> yeah but that's that's the importance and when you you'll notice with the better players when they're not comfortable when they haven't gone through their routine or somebody interrupts their routine they're talking to them they'll step back and start again yeah and they'll keep doing that until like remember Harrington saying something like he reckon he wasn't properly concentrating if he didn't back off five shots around (laughs) (laughs) but like I I, like I see it quite a bit like to be a good player you'll be playing with them and then they'll uh, there might be a high handicapper in the group and he'll be trying to talk to the good player while while they're taking a shot. And he'll just keep walking out of the shot, you know. And then your man eventually yeah. will turn around and go, oh, look, sorry, sorry. Because he starts to notice, oh, he's trying to go through this routine. But, uh, you know, I think they should, they could pick up on that yeah, a bit more. Definitely. And these are all the things you, you play with better players that you pick up over the yeah. years. And it's, it's years of just playing the game and learning from other people. Now, the next question. The two of you guys are probably the fastest golfers I've ever seen in my life. You don't hang around. But Is have that, pre-shot routines. You have pre-shot routines, but like I see a lot of high handicappers um, spend a long time over the ball, mm-hmm. trying to convince themselves to ho- take the shot. I don't know what they're thinking. Is it maybe it's technical or anything like that? You guys are so quick. Is that beneficial or well, like, is that something that mm, I find? Well, I'm just naturally quick, but I've sort of found over the years, I think everyone sort of knew I was quick and then playing matches and sort of senior cup and stuff, the, the opponent would naturally slow down. Mm. You know, I would have played sort of, uh, they would have put me out fifth actually in senior cup. Mm. Maybe not sure. Maybe to have someone coming in strongish at the back. But all of a sudden, I'd be like two holes behind the rest of them, and I was kind of freaking out. So it actually took me a while to to realize that, and then actually slow myself down because I can play slowish, yeah, not slowish, but just take my time a bit more. Yeah. But I'm just, I just naturally play better, going at a decent speed. It, it, it that's is that because you've less time to think, though. Are you, are you are you so committed to the shot that you don't need to take time to? Like what, what's well, the it's just something that came into me a few years ago, sort of picking the shot and accepting the consequences. Whereas maybe five, six years ago, I'd have been afraid to hit shot, certain shots. Mm. So I go looking at the danger, all this, and now it's just basically accept the consequences. Mm. As soon as that ball leaves the club face, you cannot control it. Yeah, I'm just moving on. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, obviously Ryan is is technically very competent as well, yes. so yes. he's not going to be having too many swing thoughts. I. I Obviously, when you're playing in your your, your well, Zen state, you don't have <laughs> swing thoughts. But yeah. the higher handicap, I think you should have one, definitely yeah. one and o- only one. Mm. Um, if you're thinking of kind of two and three, or no way you can focus on target. Mm. Um, and you know, it's, it's something you can practice and yeah. refine over time. Yeah, it's a, I I always go to the course with one one swing thought. Yeah. If it doesn't work, I change it. I have a goal 
to swing Todd again, like you know that way. The old reliable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I played with a pro am during the year or last year, and like when the guys is having a different swing Todd over every single shot, <laughs> it was you can see the, the demons coming out. Yeah, but, but that's uh, definitely not the way you want to play. No. You touched on something at the start, <laughs> and it's something that I see all the time, and you can talk to me about this, right? Because. You touched on know where the danger is. You know, I see higher handicaps and I never see it in low handicaps. Never, ever in low handicaps and good players. But high handicaps tend to get on the tee and especially if they're guiding somebody around the course, it's like, uh, OB, it's OB, right? And if you go left, you know, it, you're in a world hurt, you could go into the water, like, you know, and then I, like you're thinking to yourself, like, where can I hit this ball? Yeah, you know, so it's it's like a mental trap they're creating in their own head, you know, where you guys be like, see over there in the left loads of room over there. Mm. Yeah, Those are, you know, you're creating a wonderland where like I can the, hit the ball anywhere, like yeah. the eleventh in the heritage. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a driver all day, isn't all it? All day long, yeah. every day, like, it's not but, a three hour. But you like you you talked about earlier the mental state, and I think the simplest. It changing your mental approach on the tee yeah it's a tough one there. well it's, it's going back to what we talked about earlier ego yeah um, knowing your limitations yeah. but you can be assured no matter the level you play at you know where the danger is it's not as yeah, if you, you can blank it out you know where the danger is but like you're nearly convincing yourself the, the, part, the fort in nice perfect example how many yeah, got it. Okay. I don't know how many times I've been there and it's like they're all talking about the OB right. Mm. And two or three of them will go right. Yeah. Just they're simply talking about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where I actually play a fade on that hole to take Well this is coming back to routine, like picking a target. You know, if you say if I say to you, don't think of a pink elephant what do you think of you know yeah. so don't think of out of bounds like you know don't go right don't go right i got i can't believe i went right you know <laughs> yeah so instead of thinking where you don't want to go think about where you do want to go right i want to start this just off the tree line yeah. on the left and kind of fade it back a little yeah and that's the shot i shape i picture yeah. in my head and going back to what i said at the very start teen it up right next to the out of bounds like you might have seen uh who was at Siwoo Kim on the 18th oh, it looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. on the final round like he was doing a practice drill yeah, it was that close the to the Sony marker <laughs> yeah. that you're literally that close to the the fence almost you're looking away from the OB yeah so little, little tricks like that yeah. and then the other thing we're talking about hitting it off the toe of the club if you hit for a right-handed golfer off the toe of the club the ball tends to go to the left mm. so actually positioning the ball with the driver not on center definitely not in the heel will have a tendency of drawing the ball if you bring it back relatively square mm. like i said the majority of people hit it off the inside of the face at the heel tends to spin it out to the right but that's something that you're going to learn on the range when you're doing those drills yeah this is the time to do it too, you know the and then it's just nearly changing your mental mindset on course you yeah. know can make they can make big differences and especially if you're fueling yourself and eating properly like you yeah. uh, of course management like I'd, I'd love to take a, a higher handicap out and go yeah. right you have to do whatever I say <laughs> you know no you're not hitting that three wood off the downhill slope with a 220 carry uphill into the wind from the roof from the roof yeah, yeah. I'm actually I quite excited to yeah. caddy for you someday yeah yeah well you're gonna caddy for me against Gary aren't you yeah yeah I'm yeah. looking forward to no that heavy rough <laughs> oh, I yeah yeah I just try and convince him that uh, he's a tough man to change his mind oh I have make him change his mind <laughs> but um, and then working on dynamic loft I think is a major thing yeah uh, I generally like from a technical point of view I think most golf swings tend to be too long the mm. longer you swing those arms back the more likelihood is you bring back more lofted impact, the higher the ball goes, the more likely it is you're going to miss the center of the face. So like a, a short, compact movement of the arms mm. with uh, a nice rotation of the trunk and hips. Yeah. 
that's basically it. That's basically that's it. The yeah, yeah. Then you definitely get in <laughs> scratch you. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> but like it, it's it's such a minefield of information out there on YouTube, and you're watching the golf of the weekend, yeah. and you see the Konica Minolta, whatever coming up, and the analysis. <laughs> like, oh, I'll try that. Yeah. And yeah. You're no fit state to try it because like it, it is a very physically demanding game as well. You know, yeah. You need it's to more. It's yeah. The, it, the lower you get, the more like you know things to help you Phil is even looking at how you are physically where yeah. limitations might be in hips or shoulders now you're looking at you you're in fairly different de- decent shape you know <laughs> I don't know about that. you're a good specimen you know I don't like even like you know you're into kickboxing as well that's brilliant for golf you know the mm. rotation and speed there so like uh, the other element of things I see a lot of young kids stop playing football and rugby and hurling and yeah. just focusing on golf. golf. It's one of the worst things you can do. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. The more sports you can do. Absolutely, for coordination. <laughs> Everything. Um, like if you're worried about getting injured, I think you're, you know, your, your head's in the wrong space. So mm. it, it, it's, you know, from a social mental point of view as well, it's great for you, but you don't want to f- specialize in a sport too young. Yeah, yeah, like other sports can be fun as well you know and I think it can't be not as fun as golf <laughs> no, no obviously like if you get addicted to golf it is quite an addiction but yeah. like keeping the other open and having well, play, that outlet yeah playing tennis it can or take or out frustration it can take out a lot yeah. like you know it is it is very important especially for mobility and all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah because if you think of the golf swing it's a very repetitive repetitive movement you know you're just yeah. turning right and you can overtrain kind of certain elements where mm. other sports, if you still maintain them or go to the gym, that they can kind of balance out your, your body and kind of not lead to injury. Mm. So a lot of golfers are swinging faster than ever before. You see a lot more injured golfers. Mm. As a result. Well, you've really, so you've talked about like eating on course, mentally preparing, um, you've driver, talked, driver being really important, mm. like super important. You talked about chipping, um, reading putts giving yourself more break especially on but yeah, you've, only, you've only touched on the putting like mm. how important is that in today's game compared to oh this is going to be controversial yeah. for me putting is overrated really yeah a little bit yeah once you're not three putting and stuff yeah. or missing three or four footers like it's difficult it's, it's so difficult putting you see Lou Stagner a couple of days ago on Twitter he says stop trying to make 20 and 30 footers yeah, yeah. people will read that and go what does that mean and oh, don't be annoyed and literally do not be annoyed if that puck comes up two feet short you know when people say yeah, yeah. if you don't hit it it doesn't go in yeah, yeah. But the, the one thing that I I don't like when people what people say is like oh never up never in yeah it's it's like it, it missed that's yeah. it that's yeah. all that's needed to know what I you know what I don't like is just say if you have to you're on the 18th and you have to hold this 20 footer yeah <laughs> right I know what you're going to to win a match yeah and <laughs> you bang it 6 feet or 8 feet past yeah to me that's choking it's never yeah because it never had a chance of going never. in you're, you're just hitting it past the hold I, and everyone looks a like a oh, fair play he gave it a, it a go, go. <laughs> yeah but I prefer to see that come up two inches short on the correct line and correct pace yeah yeah, yeah. leave it in the jaws or leave something it, yeah, yeah. then just bang it past yeah. it for the sake of it yeah like, I, that's, I get that's, exactly that's what you're saying. because he's worried of people looking at him go oh he left it short, short. yeah so. and my tendency as a putter um is to have dying pace at the hole. Mm. Like I'm not like. But you're playing nice with greens probably running 10, 10 and a half. And the stem, there's a lot of golfers out there, even during the summer, are going to be playing in greens, probably seven, eight. Yeah. That are going to have to maybe hit them that bit harder. Yeah. It does take a bit of adjustment when mm-hmm. you're playing a nice to actually get the speed because you can run yeah. them off. Like there's loads of drills you can do just before you go out to get that speed. And it, yeah. you, you do adjust to it yeah. very quickly. Right? But I, yeah, I think <clears throat> that one never up, never in. I think that's and terrible. Whacking them past. Like statistically, what an 18 handicapper hit more putts than he would hit shots in around 35, six putts maybe. So maybe not, but you don't find a lot coming to get fitted for putters. No, no, not really. You, you, and generally, I got fit for a putter. You got fit, yeah. You're a phenomenal putter. In fairness to you, like, uh, okay. Do you think it would be beneficial? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, looking at you know between face balance putters, and you see that a lot of them are much more forgiving than they used to be. Yeah. I don't see an eighteen handicapper getting much benefit out of using a Scotty Cameron putter because. But maybe correct length or something. Yeah, correct length, but something with we say that has you know the kind of mallet, mallet or the kind of fangs kind of out the back yeah. of it. That if you hit a thirty foot putt off any part of the face, it'll only just say a thirty foot putt off the center. You hit it off the toe, it might go twenty eight feet. Where yeah. Scotty camera might go 22 feet yeah, yeah. because uh, big how, how it's balanced yeah and that big is, you know, goes back to remember when Speeds first came out everyone thought he was a phenomenal putter and he was yeah it all came down to pace yeah so his average leave after he missed the putt uh, was one foot yeah and to put that into perspective Not the tour average is two feet yeah mm-hmm. So a PGA Tour player misses a putt, he leaves it two feet away. Speed we, left we've actually foot. talked about this, like not many people on tour are using blade putters anymore. Yeah, they've all gone sort of mallet. Yeah, for forgiveness and that yeah. kind of they distance have, control. There's a few nice still. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but if you can get the pace of the greens, that, that that's number one. Mm. You don't even have to go holding putts. Mm-hmm. Just plonk yourself in the middle of the green and put to the edge, north, south, east and west. Mm. But I think putting is, it is the low-hanging fruit, like... Like yeah. I've the I've the I've the put out cup at home. The one with the bigger hole in it. <laughs> um, uh, goes up the ramp and the perfect put stays up the ramp in the, the little perfect hole. speed, is it? Yeah, perfect it, yeah. speed in line. And um like I do that for hours at night time, you know, and sometimes I'll have to do Huh? Never mind. Do you? You do probably. Well, do. Actually, I believe like, that because he's such yeah. a good putter. Like. Yeah. Like I'll have to do ten in a row. Not ten in a row, but I'll have to do ten and then I'll stop. I'll have to get ten in the thing, and then the kids, they're like, I'll be like, oh, it's bed, it's bedtime, and they be like, oh, I'll tell you what, we'll go to bed when you put one in. <laughs> well, this is kind of going back to practicing with constraints that you're yeah. now under pressure. You want to get these little things off. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the TV. It's relaxed. You know? So, like, that, that's that's all part of it. Putting yourself under a bit of pressure and doing something that's part of your routine. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it, 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 we can we can both attest, Ryan, that like his, his putting stroke and is phenomenal. Yeah, it's like what, well. But what I'm saying is. It, putting is something that you can do at home. You don't have to go to the golf course. The weather doesn't have to be good. You can literally work on... and On your carpet. On your carpet. But I got fit for my Scotty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. About a year ago. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it transformed your game when you were using that... I don't know what you could that, that abomination <laughs> of a photo that you had beforehand I think you vomited the first time you touched it I didn't touch it I didn't <laughs> touch it was a joke yeah but anyway what a, um, the difference in what uh, how like the difference going from that putter that wasn't fitted for me it was like it, it was so bad mm-hmm. that there was no brand on it yeah, yeah nobody wanted to be associated with what that thing was but it actually took me a minute to adjust. Yeah. You ha- actually had to bring me out because I had, because the putter wasn't fitted for me, I had got, I was getting myself into a weird position. Yeah. In, in, in general, like drivers, the putter tends to be too long. I see too many people, especially women actually, coming in with the putter at 35 inches yeah. and like their arms are there bent there to the side. Like you don't want your arms to be mm. dead straight, but they need to have a little bit of a softening of, of the elbows. All because the putters are too long and, and they don't have that kind of mallet head on them. And yeah, you, sometimes, yeah, it can be, a, 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 you might necessarily get better right away because it's so different to what you're using. But we needed to make a couple of tweaks to your setup. And yeah, put, that's putting, all it was, by the way, like, is 95% yeah. setup. And as soon as I was set up correctly, yeah, it was, that was it's, it. It's the hardest setup to repeat. I was off. If you get that right, yeah. the stroke you see, like it's, it's pretty good now. And uh, the forgiveness that I felt, different, different level. Yeah, you just got to hit it closer to the center more often. Well, if you, if anybody's seen what I was using, it was like two bits of metal with a rubber bit. <laughs> and if you didn't hit the rubber center, that was it. Yeah. You didn't know where that putt was going. <laughs> it's framed in your house now, isn't it? Yeah. It's there. It's, it's still in the house. I can't it. give yeah. that away. And I think it was like 45 inches long or something. No, <laughs> it was well, maybe. It was 35. It was abnormally long. I think your one now is maybe 33 and a half or something like yeah, that. Oh, it's just, way shorter. Yeah, and there's a lot more loft on it as well. 
Yeah, like Scotty has uh, about four degrees left on average. Yeah, is maybe about three. So they're not ninety <laughs> degree angles basically because yeah. the ball sits on its own indentation. So the idea is to get a little bit more loft mm. to get out of that. But it, it did like transform it. Okay, well. Do you have any other advice before we sign I, off? I have a lot more advice, but I think we'll, I'd be delighted to come back again and talk about that. <laughs> I'd be delighted to have you. Yeah, back just give out again and higher handicaps. And now they're not doing I know, their job. I, like, I think what came out of that is without actually, you can do a lot on your own. Like if you don't want to change your swing or, or stuff like that yeah. there is ways of improving that better players are using to it shave strokes off their game yeah you know they're they're hydrating properly they're eating properly on the course they're they're not looking at the danger they're seeing they're noticing the danger but they're they're playing looking away playing away from it they have a good pre-shot routine you know they have a solid pre-shot routine. They're not spending long over the ball. They're pulling the trigger quicker. Yeah. You know. Not letting and, thoughts get in there. Yeah. And it's all these things that they're, that they're doing to actually lower the scores. Yeah. The technique comes if you really want to take it seriously. If, yeah. if you want to yeah. get down low, technique well, I think in. Harry was actually saying it wasn't that he wants to get down low. It's going to be this consistency word. Because yeah. I know it's a hard sort of thing to, to get any golfer to do to stay consistent because we know what does the average golfer shoot their handicap? How often do they shoot their handicap? It has to be fit more, 50%. You used to say so one in 10, one in, was it? It used to be that. But, but it can with, with the new system now, it has to be... It has to be 50%. 50% of the time they're going to play. Because if you think yeah. about it, it's, a, it's an average. Yep. Yeah, of the eight, so... Yeah, depending on course, slope rating of the course, you see, because your score doesn't actually affect your handicap. It's your score differential. Okay, yeah. That's for a different shot, though, you know. We need to actually do a pod on... On how to actually... Because I have a spreadsheet. I can tell what my handicap's going to be after a round. Yeah, if everyone had one of those. I I can sell it. I'll make it into an app. Trade market. Yeah, make it into an app. Make it into an app. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. So let's... uh, Let's Harry get on to us now in a month's time and see... uh, See how he's getting on. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think those, those are really interesting points. I'm yeah, sorry. No, no, I was just I was thinking of the course Harry plays, um, Kilkeel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Up and down there. Yeah, very tree lined. You know, it's very, very tight. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's probably no miss. Whereas I always say growing up more in point, you could miss by five and be dead or miss by 50 and be perfect. Yeah. Whereas Kilkeel, you're just, it's just forest throughout. Mm. So like it's something you said to me at the start of the year Phil I think you were struggling say on the fifth hole in the ace mm. and you were hitting driver all the time mm. and I'm always one for hitting driver yeah, yeah. but then I said to you maybe we need to try and hit five wood off that tee yeah. you know change if you, if you keep making double bogeys on a hole and it you keep hitting six, the same it was six, six yeah. you know and if you, you keep you were dead right if you keep making double bogeys on the hole and you keep hitting driver yeah. it's just mental try yeah. something else off the tee I think you, the term phrase you said what's the definition of insanity yeah <laughs> doing the same thing <laughs> And I just went, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it went down the chain. So it might be also taking different clubs off different holes in certain mm. courses. Yeah, yeah. There, it, there's actually so much to actually unpack, isn't there? Yeah. Because there's so many things that's that you're you guys are doing that like, and you you brought up a point there a while ago. Um, play with T height. Yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, really so, job, you know, so important. Yeah. Like it did get popular to tee the ball up very high with the driver. Yeah. Because people are trying to, you know, get that high yeah. launch. But all of a sudden it's too high. Yeah. And it's just plodding down the ground with no run out. Yeah. Generally, the lower you tee it, you tend to get a little bit more. Um, run out. Cut. A little bit of a cut, but better contact. Yeah. I find. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's very, like, if it's too high, you're hitting high in the... the Top of the you face, face you, more you, spin. You tee it up abnormally low, though. Only certain times. <laughs> yeah, I kind of play around it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's what all the like all the good players tend to uh, it's, move it's, it around. It's coming back to putting that face tape on. Where's your miss? Because yeah. some of the modern day drivers, it's hard to tell where it's impacting on the face. Like we did a video yeah, during yeah. the year, and one of the 
the brand's like, you're like, I don't know where I'm hitting that. Yeah. I actually say it on it. Yeah. So it's because the sweet spot is, is so big, it's, it's hard to tell. So it, it's a little bit of experimentation on, mm. on the amateur's part to, to figure that out. Generally, lower tends to be a little bit better and work kind of alongside what the average attack angle is for the driver mm. as well, being kind of minus four and that low point four inches as well. Yeah. So look, there's so much we could go on. But yeah, come on, just the Arcos actually came into that. You said to me, What's Arcos telling you where you fall down? Because Arcos yeah. tracks the course and the hole and it gives you an average score on each hole and it was number six so that's where the, that's where the shot tracking come in, come in. and then you, you were like change your strategy Arcos available in the Espro shop <laughs> yeah. but Arcos yeah we, it, it nearly deserves its, its own its yeah. own little thing because yeah. yeah there's a little learning curve to Arcos that I've learned with nearly 15,000 shots taken in a year and a bit like well, it's all those stats you see after a sort of tournament in the PGA Tour. You see scrambling, fairways hit, greens and regulation, putts. Yeah. Arcos is given the everyday golfer those stats those after things, yeah, yeah after every yeah. round. Yeah. Even with, with yeah. minimal input from you yeah. to do it. Actually, yeah. it was a thing I was looking at. I was looking at a few, few of your rounds and some of the averages of your clubs. Yeah. And it came up that you use your four iron I think you've only hit maybe 20 shots with your four iron yeah. all year yeah. so it's worth sort of so maybe why don't we get rid of that four iron mm-hmm. and get you a new wedge or get you maybe uh, yeah. seven wood or something like oh, that seven. there's another one seven would get very popular is, among lower it? handicaps yeah. to and PGA players to uh, replace three irons and stuff I love my new tree well, you know, you just find, find a gap. Well, day. look, we, we can get you yeah. another wedge with different bounce and stuff like that. So. Yeah, true. We're, like, we're talking there, Kino's playing there the other day and his, the first iron Keane Gurdie has in his bags a five iron. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And four he's trying to gear more towards Parkland. Parkland golf. Yeah. Yeah. We it's, sort of find that now with sets. Are you, do you the sets you fit starting at four or five? Very rarely four. Very five, rarely. five to gap wedge. Yeah. And the yeah. modern day gap wedge is what the old pitching wedge used to be. So yeah. like, again, there's another yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, 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 we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. But we're going to leave it there. If, um, if, you enjoy, if you enjoyed this podcast, guys, get into uh, your platform, rate it, get into the show notes. You can follow us. I'll leave Bernard's details in the show notes as well if you want to follow him. And Bernard, thanks for coming on. Thanks very much. Ryan, it's a pleasure as always. As always, Phil. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.